0: the city of Jerusalem as he prepares to die for our sins. He's coming in to die for the sins of all those who are lost. And I don't know if you know it, but just in case you didn't, you were lost. I was lost, but thanks, the Bible says, be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem, now you get to have a triumphant entry into the gates of heaven. Aren't you glad that God died for you? Aren't you glad that God saved your soul? We want to invite everybody out and those who watch online, um, they're going to put it up on the screen for you to see this week. Uh, At 7.15 on Friday, Good Friday, uh, we're going to be doing our Good Friday service as we um, celebrate our Lord going to the cross. It's going Good Friday, 715. They're, they're sending out email blast everywhere. It's on, if you're on 4th and Woodward, uh, you'll see the billboard sign and you'll see an electric electronic billboard with it advertised there as well. As for Sunday Easter service, we're going to plan to pack this place out as much as possible. And we got people coming and we, we love those people and as the community comes, we're going to have something for them. I know some of us say, I love the Lord. I don't need a bouncy house. That's great for you. But there's some people that do. And what we're going to do, we're going to bring them and We're going to let their kids come. And there's going to be a bouncy house and an egg hunt, and some fun things for the kids to do. Kids kids need to know that you can have fun in Jesus. You don't have to go and do everything the world says that's fun. You can have joy in Jesus. You can have a good time in Jesus. Is anybody having a good time today? Amen. Amen. The word of our lord so if you're watching online we love although we're grateful for you watching online i'll be happy to see your face in the place uh next week from the book of luke chapter 19 luke chapter 19 starting at verse 28 through 40 the word of god for the people of god if you could if you could read with me if you don't mind reading if you Have your electronic devices or your Bible. If you don't, it's on the screens everywhere uh, and big enough for us to see. We want to make you comfortable uh, to be able to read. So if you could, let's read together. It says, after Jesus has said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem, and he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a coat tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, like the owner, say, the Lord needs it. (laughs) Those who were sent ahead and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the coat, its owners asked them, why are you untying the coat? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus threw their cloaks on the coat and put Jesus on it. Hmm. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices I want to bring to you this morning by other scriptures and other related scriptures, this topic. Everybody shout, Lord of all. all. You may be seated in the presence of God. Speak your servants listen, Lord, and we'll be careful to give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate Fall bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. How many times have we sung that song and listen to its verses and, and, and begin to 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 internalize those words? I don't know if you really know how powerful that is that. Jesus's name is a symbol. When we say "in the name of Jesus," we literally mean in the authority of Jesus, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Some people that song might fall on deaf ears until you have a sickness in your body <laughs> and you need the power of Jesus' name to heal your body. It may uh, it may seem foreign to you until you have. A deficit in your bank account and you have to look up and you say, Lord, I have more month left than I have money. And all of a sudden you have to say, oh, hell, the power of Jesus name. I have not been able to accomplish what I need to accomplish under my own power. But I've come to tell you that there is a power in a name. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus. That not just some needs. I know now in our country. We live in a postmodern society. Where you might see more people outside of the church. Than inside of the church sometimes. It is not always cultural anymore. For us to serve Christ. It's not always cultural. That everything is shut down on Sundays and Wednesdays. Like it used to be. People have many things that they can do. That are competing with Christ. (coughs) People have many things that they could do, that they could find and say are more important than Jesus. Right now, somebody is saying that the baseball game is more important than Jesus. Somebody else is saying that the football game or basketball or whatever the case may be is more important than Jesus. And those things by themselves are not a problem. But a lot of times we decide that our own comfort, we can't get out of the bed on Sunday morning is more important than Jesus. But I've come to tell you this morning, whether he's important to you today, one day you're going to have to stop and pay attention because the Bible said that in one day, that at the name of Jesus, not just some, but every knee will bow. <laughs> and that every tongue will confess in the earth and under the earth that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The world might not be paying attention today, but one day the world will pay attention. And we would think today we always have the mindset that things are progressively getting worse in the world, and sometimes they are, but we always have the woe is me thought that it's never been this bad before, but I come to tell you that it was just like that in the days of Jesus, (laughs) for there was competition for who was going to get the most attention. Today is Palm Sunday where we we celebrate the triumphant entry of Christ into the kingdom. But what many people do not know is we throw down our palm leaves and we celebrate those who said Hosanna in the highest, that Jesus on that day was not the only person that was coming into town. For as Jesus came forth into town on the east side, coming down from the Mount of Olives on the west side, there was a ruler by the name of Pontius Pilate and Pontius Pilate was coming into Jerusalem to keep peace and order because Pontius Pilate was not a very nice fella. And Pontius Pilate had done some things to irritate the Jews. He had allowed pictures and statues to be put up on the temple, which had caused rebellion. And that was not good for Pilate because if there was an uprising in the city, not only would it mean an uprising, but it would mean his job and his head. It would mean that Caesar would execute him. That's a poor way to get fired. Just give me a pig slip. Don't kill me. But Pontius Pilate has a vested interest in making sure that the unruly people of Judea know their place. And when they have their holy weeks and festivals, it is customary for Pilate to come in. But when Pilate comes in, he doesn't just come in by himself or representing himself. Pilate comes in with his army to show the might and the strength of Rome, to show how powerful the government is, to show how powerful the strength of the Roman Empire is. And as he comes in to the west side of Jerusalem, we don't know what time he came in or if they even came in at the same time, but they did come in on the same day. is a parade coming out that's saying all hell caesar all hell the power and the might of rome glory to caesar who is considered to be god on earth god incarnate and there are people in the streets of jerusalem that are worshiping pilate and caesar as they come through this is not a foreign concept Oftentimes, as Christians, we get discouraged because we see people that are not as interested in God as we are. We see Pilate in his processional coming juxtaposed to Jesus. And as he's coming in to Pilate into the into the city, he is representing the world. He is representing self-seeking and domineering and might and strength. He is representing a power that the world gives (laughs) for in our culture. We say it oftentimes that might makes right. And we talk about peace through strength and how big our armies are and how big our militaries are and how strong our militaries are because we have to flex our muscle. We believe that other people won't get quite as buck on us and get quite out of line if they realize that we have the power to crush them. So we Flex our power and our muscles so much as to say sometimes we'll send our army into other people's edges of their airspace or send them out into their, their, their waterways to make sure they know don't mess with the U.S. because we have power. Sometimes we lift up that power and that's what Pilate is doing. He's coming in from the West to put the power of Rome into display. And now we see a beautiful picture of two different kingdoms, the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of Christ, which comes much differently than we think. That it will come because I hear our Lord and Savior talking to his disciples. And as he's getting ready to go and to be sacrificed as a sacrificial lamb, Jesus has been running for his life. If you look in the Gospel of John, which is not a synoptic or a similar gospel, you will notice that Jesus doesn't immediately come in for the ceremonial washings. Why doesn't he come in? Because there is a price on his head there's been a hit put on Jesus because Jesus didn't need an army Jesus had power and when you have real power you don't have to flex your muscle that's why they were mad at Jesus because they had seen other people raised from the dead but not too long before they had seen a man that had stayed in the grave for long days by the name of Lazarus and they looked up and they saw this unseemly carpenter this rabbi that nobody really knew walk up to Lazarus grave who had healed the sick and after four days seeming there would be no hope he didn't need an army he didn't need a centurion he didn't need a battalion he just simply opened up his mouth and when he opened up his mouth power proceeded forth power that brought Lazarus back from the grave and now Jesus has presented a problem for the, for the religious people in Judea because they have power and they have wealth and they have status and they have money. And if people start following Jesus, they will stop following them. <coughs> And so they have put out not only a hit on the head of Jesus, but just to make sure that it doesn't get too popular. They have also sent out a decree that somebody find and kill Lazarus. We can't have evidence that there might be somebody in the earth that is more powerful than us. We can't have evidence that there might be somebody more powerful than the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We have to destroy this Jesus. We have to get him out of the way because if people really realize what kind of power is in this man, it might cause an uprising and Rome might destroy us. So we have to keep people quiet about Jesus. <clears throat> How many times Do we face people trying to keep us quiet about Jesus? They try to keep us quiet, not because they don't think he has power. They try to keep us quiet because they know he has power. And if sinners begin to hear the name of Jesus, the lifestyle that other people glorify, they might leave. If sinners begin to hear the name of Jesus, the lifestyle that we push forward, they may reject. And before you know it, they will become the minority. They don't want people to think about the name of Jesus. Jesus doesn't come in for the ceremonial washing he stays with his friend Lazarus who he's raised from the dead and while he's staying with Lazarus you can imagine that his sisters are overfilled with joy because he has brought that brother back to them and one of Lazarus' sisters walks in and takes a jar of nard which is worth a year's worth of salary and she doesn't worry about being dignified you know sometimes when God saved you, your dignity goes out of the window. You stop worrying about what things look like and how you look to people and making sure that your subject verb conjugation is always right. Sometimes you don't sound like the most educated person in the world, but when God has done something for you, you really don't care how it looks to other people. You want to tell God, thank you. And she takes this precious perfume and she breaks it. And she puts it on the feet of Jesus and he breaks protocol for it is shameful for women to show their hair. And not only does she break the jar and put it on his feet, which is worth a year's wages. She doesn't even bother to look for a towel. She takes her hair and you know how ladies are about their hair. She takes her own hair and wipes his feet with her hair to say, this is how much I love you. This is how grateful I am to you is there anybody else that says Lord I'm so grateful to you I don't care how it looks I just want to worship you I don't care how many people show up on Sunday morning I don't care that I'm sitting in the parking lot in my car when I think about how good you have been to me when I think about your power manifesting itself in my life when I think about the times that I didn't have a god but you still made a way when I think about the times that I could be dead and gone but some Somehow you gave a provision of healing for me. I don't care how it looks. I don't care what they think. I'm going to worship you. And Jesus has a greedy disciple. We see honor and dishonor in the same scene. Because what he says is this could have been taken and given to the poor. And the Bible says he didn't say it because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money bag, and he wanted the money that he could help himself to. We see an ultimate honor and an ultimate dishonor. We see one person saying, Jesus, you're more than enough and you're worth it and you're worthy of everything I have to give. And you have another one say, you're not worthy of that kind of worship. That's what Judas is really saying is that there's a better use for that than to worship you. Sometimes people will say there's a better use for your time than going to church. (laughs) there's a better use for your time than reading your Bible and praying and, and, and loving the God and worshiping him. There's a better use for your time. But is there anybody in here who's just like Mary that says, I don't care what it costs me. The best use of my time can be spent is worshiping my King. The best use. Of my time can be spent Fellowshiping with my God And Jesus does something to this day The Bible's funny sometimes He looks at his disciples And he says I need you to go to To this city And I need you to see See this fence and this fence Has a coat And I want the young donkey But the young donkey won't come without his mother So I need you to untie His mother." And I need you to untie him and bring it to me. Let me put it to you in this, these terms, in today's terms, so it'll make more sense. I need you to go down the street and find this person's Mercedes. And I need you to open up the door. And I want you to hop in the Mercedes. And when the owner runs out and asks, why are you hopping in my car? I simply need you to turn around and say, the Lord had need of it. <laughs> This is essentially what is happening. And sure enough, just like Jesus said, they go up and they pull up the colt and the donkey. And the owner comes out and says, hey, what are you doing? Why are you checking my donkey? And they look back and they simply said, the Lord had need of it. And we don't hear another word. I can't for the life of me figure that out. But because it is me, I'm going to need a little bit more than the Lord has need of it before you take my transportation. But apparently that was enough. And they bring the donkey in for Jesus, just like Pilate is prepared for his entry, riding in on a war horse and riding in on a stallion, trying to show us what worldly power looks like. Jesus is going to show us what heavenly power looks like. For he does not come on a fancy stallion. But to fulfill the word of the prophet that you shall see him coming in riding on a donkey. Not even the grown donkey, the young donkey. Coming in, being in a humble manner. And we see two groups of people that are following Jesus. There's anywhere from 20,000 to 2 million people around Jerusalem at this time during the Passover. People from all over the world. And there are two crowds that are coming toward Jesus. There are some that Jesus is coming to Jerusalem that are coming from the city. They don't know what Jesus has done, but they've heard of him. Just like we have those people today, some people have heard of Jesus. They are looking for an earthly king to give them the result they want. They are looking for Jesus to liberate them from the boot of Rome. They are looking for Jesus for what they can get from him. They are looking for him to take them away from this oppressive government and be their king. Several times we have seen they have tried to take Jesus and make him their king. And Jesus has gotten away because he did not come to be a king on an earthly temple. They see, we see these people walking towards Jesus, getting excited because they had seen or heard of his power, but they had not experienced it. And there are many of us, I submit to you today, that no people like that, they're still living off of grandmama's experience. They're still living off of what they heard. But I've come to tell you, if you're going to have an experience with Jesus, at some point in time, you've got to stop living off of grandmama's prayer. And you've got to learn to stop living off of mama's prayer. And brother, you've got to run out to meet him for yourself. I invite... I invite those who remember that you grew up in church and big mama and grandmama and meemaw and papa or whatever you call them brought you to church. I've come to tell you that the time has come for you to stop just hearing about Jesus. It's time for you to come out and meet him for yourself. Not only do we have the crowd of them that have heard about Jesus. But we also have the crowd of them who have seen what he can do. For behind Jesus. In front of him are people coming out to meet him who may not know of everything. They've heard of it and they want to see it for themselves. Some of them are from different regions and areas of the country but those who are following him are coming from Bethpage and Bethany and those are the people who knew who Lazarus was. Those are the people who had walked past the stone and saw the stone over Lazarus' grave. Those are the people who knew that Lazarus had been dead for four days and that Jesus' power had raised Lazarus from the grave. That's the second type of people in the world. Not only had they heard, but they had seen what God had done. Well, if they've seen what God had done, Pastor, maybe that will be good enough. No, because sometimes people have seen what God has done, but they put limits on God because they too think He's on the way just to save their nation. They too think He's on the way just to save their country. They just too think He's there to expel Rome. They are looking for a liberator, but I've come to tell you the reason they were missing it is because He's so much more. Somebody say He's so much more. We do that today in religion It's not hard to get somebody to jump and shout About a car or a new job Or even about a healing in their body But I've come to tell you That God is much more than a new car Or a new mortgage Or a high bank account Or a nice 401k Or some investments God is so much more Because all those things will pass away And heaven and earth will pass away But God can save your soul Sometimes we miss out on the fullness of an experience because our expectations are too low. But God is letting us know that he is so much more. When you come to church, don't just come to raise your hands, hear good music, hear good singing. Come because God has a blessing for you and that he's so much more. Jesus said, for those who ask, it shall be given. For those who seek, they shall find. And for those that knock, the door shall be opened. I've come to tell you that this is a corporate experience in the body of Christ. The praise team cannot sing you into a frenzy. The pastor cannot preach you into a frenzy. It has to be a corporate experience. In other words, if you come looking for nothing, you're going to find nothing. If you come expecting nothing, you're going to find nothing. And David gave us a remedy for that. He said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. If you want to get something out of church, you need to come with something in you to give. If you want an experience with God, you need to bring something with you. My grandmother used to say every tub has to stand on its own bottom. Yes, I'm country and I know I'm country. But my grandmother used to always say that every tub has to stand on his own bottom. If that is not up to the praise team to create a good worship experience or a church experience, it's not up to Tuhan, it's not up to Haley. it's not up to me, it's not up to Dave, it's not up to anybody on the praise team that goes through and leads in praise and worship. It is us to us to come with a heart that is expecting God to do things. It's up with us, up to us to come and expect people to leave wheelchairs if that's the Lord's will. It's up with us to expect people to be healed. It's it's up to us to expect people to come to Christ and to be delivered and to be set free and you act according to your expectations. If you think God will save somebody, you don't show up to church by yourself because the Bible says that there's no problem with the harvest. Jesus said the world is full of sinners. You don't have to worry about the harvest. We're always worried about the harvest. But he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest because there's a the labor short. <laughs> we worry about the jobs numbers now we're talking about people that nobody can find anybody to work that's not a new phenomenon because Jesus said truly the harvest is plentiful but the problem Turhan, is that the laborers are few so he said pray to the Lord of the harvest that he sends laborers I don't know about you but every day when I kneel down beside my bed I say, Lord send us some more laborers I'm thankful for the laborers that we have but Lord send more because the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few and we need more laborers to go into the harvest and to save and bring the message of salvation because the Lord is mighty to save. I want you to know that Jesus is so much more. And as we watch this scene, and we have played it over in our minds to the point that we kind of don't think about it anymore. We say, yeah, it's Palm Sunday. Yeah, it's it's Holy Week. It's the beginning of Holy Week. Sometimes we can begin to kind of gloss over it and just think of it as another Sunday. But we have to be not like the people in this story because we have to see what they don't see. They see a liberator. But they don't realize what they're looking at. Do you know what they're looking at? The number thing, the one thing they see is they see royalty and deity wrapped in humanity. The other side of the city is jumping up and down for Pontius Pilate, for a governor who's not royalty. He's just an appointed official. But what you are seeing when Jesus has arrived, you are seeing God in the flesh. He shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. For the word, John says, came down and became flesh and dwelt among men. When we come into this sanctuary, when we come to worship God, we shall all think that the Lord is in this holy temple. As we watch Jesus into the city, we begin to realize that we are seeing not just a carpenter coming into the city, <coughs> but we are seeing God coming to our rescue. We're seeing hope entering the city. We are seeing victory entering the city. (coughs) Sometimes we don't get what we need because we don't act according to what we see. We don't really realize what we're looking at. But when we look at Palm Sunday, the one thing that you should lead this day with is hope. That we see that Jesus has been intentional in coming to you. Jesus has been intentional that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You see deity wrapped in humility that God himself... I'll never forget it one time we had a, a foot washing ceremony and, and uh, Bishop Hall, my, one of my overseers, our, our regional overseer at the time, we were doing the foot washing ceremony. I'd never done one. And he, ca- he knelt down to wash people's feet. And when he got to me, I said, this is the overseer. I said, Bishop Hall. He said, yes, Willie. I said, you can't wash my feet. You're the overseer. He looked up at me and he said, Willie, that's, that's kind of the point. <laughs> that the true meaning of power humility and service. We see the all-wise, all-powerful God wrapped in flesh, laying in a manger coming for you and you and you and me when the world tells you that you're trash when the world tells you you're insignificant when the world said you don't make enough money when the world said you don't have the right job when the world says you don't hang with the right clicks when the world said that you're not important when the world said you're not a superstar you say yes i am because the god of the universe wrapped himself in flesh and came down to meet me we see power wrapped in humility For Jesus doesn't have to come on a war horse. We see him coming and saying, you know what? You don't have to flaunt it if you got it. He doesn't have to come and let the war horse show them how powerful he is. Because he is the one who comes up and speaks to the wind and the waves. And even the people that have been trying to travel with him for a few years and thought they know him pretty good. Have to look at themselves and say, what manner of man? is this that even the wind and the waves obey him that is the god that you serve And I'm so glad. You know why? Because if the wind and the waves have to obey him, that means cancer and diabetes and sickness and all manner of things have to obey him. Sickness and sadness and depression have to obey him. If you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, he will answer you. There might be somebody in this room that has sadness in their heart right now. That has holes in their heart And we're praying for those of us We have two families right now Three right now in our families That are dealing with loss In our church family For the Pentecost family For Brother Terhan uh, and, and his family Remembering his mother And for Christy, remembering her grandfather We have people right now Among us in our family That are dealing with loss But I've come to tell you That I'm so glad That not only did he come close But the Bible said that the Lord is close to the broken heart that if your heart is broken today God is close not only do we see royalty wrapped in deity not only do we see power wrapped in humility but now we see what we all should have on a day like today when we realize that God has sent his son to die for us and that this is the triumphant entry of him into the city hallelujah because do you know that even though I brought it up most people don't even realize as powerful as Rome was most people don't even realize that Pilate was even there running into the city on that day nobody remembered his processional even though historically it's there you know why because kingdoms of the earth will pass away people will pass away but the word and the power of God will never pass away the grass withers, the flower fading but the world of the Lord shall stand forever. <clears throat> I remember a story of a little boy who walked up to a, a preacher one day and he asked that preacher, he said, every time you read the scripture, you keep saying that since I was a little boy the, you would always say that the grass withers and the flower will fade, but the word of God shall stand forever. And the preacher looked back at him and he said, so you would remember that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. The grass doesn't just wither, but every now and then I find myself getting some tweezers to pluck out some hairs that are starting to turn gray. You know why? Because the grass withers. Every now and then, I'm not as quick to get out of the bad turmoil as I used to be. You know why? Because the grass withers. (laughs) Every now and then when I run around the house with my children or run around the outside of the house, I play it off like I'm training them. But what, what it really is is that I can't run like they run anymore for as long as they are the grass withers and the flower fades. And I often tell them don't put your trust in daddy because one day daddy and mama won't be here. But what I want you to realize, I want you to know the word of the Lord because when you can't hear my voice anymore, and my voice is no audible, the word of God will stand forever. When dad is not there to wipe your tears, when that is not there to tell you it's going to be all right, you can open up the word of your father and he will say, let not your heart be troubled. When that is not there to guide you anymore through this earthly world, because I'm not going to be able to live forever because the grass withers and the flower fade. But guess what? There were people before us. There will be people after us. There were countries and kingdoms before Rome. There shall be countries and kingdoms after Rome. There were countries before America, and there may be countries and kingdoms after America, but guess what will never pass away before heaven and earth will pass away, before one jot or tittle of God's word passes away. Why? <coughs> because he's the king of kings, and he's the Lord Hold on. That word Lord in the Greek is kurios. Why am I telling you this word that you're not going to remember? Because I want you to pay attention to the word. Because what does it mean? It doesn't mean manager. It means controller. (laughs) <laughs> that means that everything that happens, he's controlling. Even when things don't go your way, it's in his hands. And he can stop it or start it when he wants. How do you know that? Because Job can tell you that Satan couldn't do anything until he asked for permission. You might be going through something in your life and feel like you're out of control. But the truth of the matter is, you're in the palm of the hand of the almighty God. <laughs> Did you not know that although you feel like you're sitting in one space, you are sitting on a planet that is going hundreds of miles around an hour in a circle running hundreds of thousands of miles around an ellipse around the universe but yet you don't fall off why? because God has placed gravity to be here to pull you in even though the atmosphere on the outside is spinning too fast for you to comprehend do you know sometimes life will come at you so fast that you don't even have time to get your parents but God's gravity it's a thing that we call the peace that passes all understanding, will pull you down and keep you rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. When you have struggles and when you have issues and it seems like you're losing control of life, remember Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. He is the Lord. He is the Kuyas. He is the control. I'm so thankful that I don't serve a weak God, but I serve a powerful God. He doesn't even have to flex his muscle. He doesn't even have to get out of his seat. He you know why? Because when the earth was needed to be made, God didn't even move. He just simply said, let there be. That's power. That the wind and the waves would obey him. That's power for a centurion to come in faith and say, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But if you just speak the word, I believe that my child will be healed. And Jesus just says, go. They're going to be healed. I've come to tell you that it's time for us to take the limits off of God. He's so much more than we imagined. We don't just serve a character in a Bible story. We don't just serve a historical figure. But today we celebrate because we serve the Son of the Almighty God, who is Himself God, co-equal and co-eternal in the nature. Hallelujah. He is Lord of all. Somebody say Lord of all. Lord of all. If you have a problem in your life, don't you know God's the Lord of it? He can control it. I don't know if you even noticed when I, I told you, gave you the scripture. When he says, pray, he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Yes. He's in control of everything. Amen. Can you see our king coming in on a donkey as people walk around? Come here, Brother Dave. And they wave palms. And they lay them at his feet. Come and cherish. Why is this important to know? Because some of those people in the crowd, I believe with people that Jesus is here. begin to wave. I believe that there may have been a woman who sold everything she had. And had dealt with an issue of blood for 12 long years, and nobody could seem to heal her. And she just touched the hem of his garment, and he was made whole. I believe there may have been a person by the name of Jairus, who knew that his daughter was dying. But he leaned on the power of Jesus. And by experience. They knew that he was the Lord. I believe that there may have been a young, short man who spent all his time cheating people. But he had gotten tired of cheating people and he climbed up in a tree. And Jesus said, the world may shun you, but come on down, Zacchaeus. I'm going to eat at your house tonight. I know there was somebody behind him that was a tax collector, that his family... Wouldn't even talk to him because tax collectors were considered scum by the name of Matthew following behind him. Why am I telling you this? Because I believe that there were people that were just like you and me. Some had hurt, but some of you in this building know what God can do. They weren't just waving for the sake of waving. Nobody had, it wasn't like Rome. They weren't going to get executed if they didn't wave. It was because they realized and remembered what God had done for them. And they began to give an exuberant prayer. Glory, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest King of Kings. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Can you worship him for just a moment? (laughs) Can you think about the things that he's done for you? Can you think about the experiences across your life where you've been sick and he's healed your body? Where you've been down and he's, he's had people show you random acts of kindness. People you may not even know, but God did it to let you know that I love you. And even if you feel alone, I'm still in control. If you feel like it, in this fellowship we don't tell you what to do. However your expression is, if you feel like raising your hand, raise your hand to God. Can you worship him just for a moment? Our King of kings, our Lord of lords, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate far. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Let kindred every tribe on this terrestrial ball to him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. I'll hail the power of Jesus' name. Lord, we hail the power of your name this morning. I pray that this day is a sacred day. And that as we leave here today, we consistently keep on our mind your triumphant entry. Because God, I'm so grateful. Because you're victorious, we're victorious. Because you died, we can live. Because you rose, we can get up and do it again. We thank you, God, for your victory. We give you glory and we give you praise. And for those who are listening right now, by airwaves, or by internet, or social media, or podcast, whatever the case may be, God, touch their heart to let them know that you are the Lord. And it's time for them to come on into you. Oh, God we give you praise we give you thanks in the mighty in the matchless name of jesus all hail the power of jesus name let angels prostrate fall Bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him Lord of all. and crown him Lord of all. Can you say that with all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels cry. Train. The oh, I need thee. How many can say that this morning? Every hour. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, what can wash away my sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus, can make me all again Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is of love me white as snow no other found i know nothing but the blood of jesus begin to worship him in this place for just a few more